0: Welcome back, Chris Gordy's show, Sports 1280 New Orleans, and happy to have this guy joining us, formerly of the Baton Rouge Advocate, now National College Football Writer for Sports Illustrated. He is one and only Ross Dellinger joining us now. Ross, thanks for the time, man. Thanks for jumping on. Sure uh so ross i wanted to get into you've had uh, you have been working around the clock uh for the past couple weeks i feel like every day you've got a tremendous piece up on sports illustrated and uh yesterday obviously the new college rules came down and, and we'll get into a little bit of that but you had a tremendous piece up on christian fulton the former uh rumble raider from right down the road in metairie and uh obviously an lsu tiger the past couple years although you wouldn't know it because he hasn't been on the field and uh you know Coach O throughout last season kind of stepped, you know, sidestepped the topic whenever it came up. Just kind of said he, you know, he's not available, or he's not playing right now. And then the story came out a couple weeks back that we found out. Okay, it was a drug situation, and not just uh, uh, not a drug situation, but a drug test, and that he had cheated on a drug test. But in your piece that you put out at SI, it kind of details the the behind the scenes of what really went down. And uh, to me, it's crazy that. Ultimately, it sounds like he thought, what, what, that it was a marijuana test, turned out not to be, and so that was the whole reason behind trying to cheat the test?
1: Yeah, it's it's a really bizarre and just unusual story. Uh, First of all, it's just kind of rare for uh, a player to get caught cheating on a drug test or even to attempt it. It's just something that doesn't happen, and if it does happen, it's not publicized. But what makes his case even more unusual is that you know, he, going into the test, this was February 2017, so about a year and a half ago, going into the test, he thought, uh, that they were going to be testing for marijuana as well as PEDs. And it was, uh, and he had smoked marijuana a couple days prior to the test. And so he tried to cheat, thinking that he would fail the test because of the marijuana. And he got caught, and he had to actually, uh, he actually, uh, you know, gave his sample after he got caught, and of course it came back clean of PED. So he passed the test that he was trying to cheat for, but because he tried to cheat, uh, the, he gets a two-year suspension from the NCAA. It, uh, it's a suspension that uh, is one of the more harsh and uh, stringent the NCAA has, and uh, it was actually strengthened about five years ago in 2012. Uh, They strengthened the penalty from one year ban to a two year ban, and he is on year two of serving that suspension, and his family is fighting the NCAA on it, hoping to reopen the case uh, in the next few weeks.
0: I think you make a tremendous uh, point in the article in that the the major league sports, you know, baseball, NBA, NFL, you know, they all consider cheating on a drug test just as a positive uh, result, and the penalties that come with that mlb one of the most severe is 80 games but that's just half of a regular season uh nfl is a six game suspension which is you know basically a third of the regular season college football it is two years which could which just seems so severe because these kids only get to play four years as it is some of them leave after their junior year anyway Uh, it just seems like this is an extremely harsh penalty when you consider all the sports around and what their penalties are.
1: Right. Yeah. Before writing that story, I didn't really realize what the uh, professional league kind of policies were. I started digging into that and finding out that, uh, yeah, they were much less severe. And uh, you're talking about professional athletes who uh, can play until... Whenever they, you know, whenever they uh, the body gives out usually, or they retire, or when they get cut, uh, they don't have, uh, they don't they don't have a like maximum number of years like in college you can play. So, you know, college players get four seasons as you mentioned to play over five years. So when you suspend somebody two years, um, at least one of those years is going to be burned completely. Uh, now Christian used his red shirt last year. Uh, in 2017, his first year of suspension, but this coming year, if the suspension is upheld and the case is not reopened, he will have to burn this 2018 year completely, and what makes this story a little even more unfortunate for the kid is his freshman year at LSU, he broke his finger halfway through the season and uh, really kind of knocked him out for three or four weeks, and he only played in about three or four games that year, so that year, was burned as
0: well it is a it, it's a crazy crazy story um when you all things considered uh, especially the fact that he did pass the, the test that he ultimately took uh where are they in the appeal process ross and and what what are the chances you think the ncaa does give a little leeway here or do you think they stand by their guns and christian fulton ends up sitting out the entire 2018 season
1: well, you know, uh, about, a, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, right after the positive test, about a month after the positive test, uh, the appeal was denied. This was uh, coordinated by LSU, uh, but it was really something that Christian Fulton wanted. I don't think LSU necessarily appealed the decision as much as it sent a letter that Christian Fulton had written requesting an appeal to the NCAA, and it was denied. Uh, so right now... Uh, they have to, the, the attorney for the family, for the Fulkin family, uh, they are trying to reopen the case, uh, claiming they have new evidence in the case, which uh, we were able to obtain a, a copy of one of those pieces of new evidence, and it is just, uh, you know, basically a forensic lab in New York studied the case and ruled that there was, that the testing procedure was not followed in accordance to worldwide, like doping laws and things like that. So it's kind of, in a way, it, you know, some might say it's kind of a technicality, but you know, they're trying to reopen the case based on that and based on some other things as well. And, you know, as far as what the NTA is going to do, I think uh, Kim Nevius, he's a uh, former NTA enforcement official who now is a lawyer who represents student athletes. Um, and he, he says in that story, I think he put it pretty well, it's an uphill battle in any case with the NCAA. They're such a powerful entity. And, you know, they treat student athletes um, like a, a parent, probably a, a very strict parent would, would treat their 11-year-old sometimes. That's kind of what it seems like. So I, I don't have a, a ton of confidence that this is going to uh, be reopened.
0: Talking with Ross Dellinger here, uh, from Sports Illustrated. He's got a tremendous piece up right now at SI.com on Christian Fulton and the battle he's been going through to, to get on the field at LSU after a outstanding uh, prep career at, at Archbishop Rummel. Uh, the other big news that came out yesterday, Ross, uh, the NCAA with a couple of big rulings and one of them being that, uh, the redshirt rule, um, allowing players to participate in any four games in a season and still use a redshirt that year. I think this is a, it's it's a great rule in that we've seen so many instances where you know guys play a couple games and then they get hurt and then they have to apply for the the medical red shirt and then sometimes they're not granted that red shirt and you know other times where we've seen in the past I believe uh, the later years of Nick Saban at LSU uh, having to burn a guy's red shirt because you have injuries at defensive backing. you got to throw out a guy towards the end of the season or SEC championship game or whatever it may be. Uh, do you see this? Rule being abused, however, in, in that some coaches seeing this as an opportunity to, you know, get guys out there for four games and get them a taste, and then oh well, they don't they don't burn a whole year of eligibility.
1: Well, I, you know, I think uh, some people might describe that as abu- abusing the rule, but I think a lot of people would probably uh, describe that as as uh, using the rule how in a way how, how part of part of it is probably made created to be used that way. I think that kids uh, want to play. And uh, one of the big things that actually Nick Saban brought up uh, last year when this rule was proposed is that, um, and it's something I really have never thought about is that a freshman uh, when they come in, a lot of them, well, I mean, nowadays the red shirt isn't as used as it was even, you know, 10, 12 years ago, but a lot uh, some freshmen still obviously red shirt and, uh, you know they come in, and if they're they're scheduled a redshirt even before or early during the season. Uh, if you're if you know you're not going to play that year, uh, you know I know I'm not sure how committed you are. Um, and I think uh, you know whether it's off the field trouble or potentially transferring, kids just aren't as focused. And when you, so now you have a shot where a freshman can play as many as four games it's still shirt. Uh, I think Saban and some of the coaches have mentioned that this is great for players to, uh, you know, buy into a program a little more as, as rookies and, and uh, be, be a little more focused. So I think that's going to, you know, help the situation. But the, the biggest thing is the, the injury uh, deal. Um, you know, to, in order for a kid to get a medical red shirt, he, had to not play in more than three games. And those three games, none of them could be in the second half of the season. So you have a lot of kids, uh, there's so many examples of this, who maybe, and maybe they're freshmen, maybe they're not, but by maybe the fifth or sixth game, they're getting their first playing time. And all of a sudden, you know, two games later, the eighth game of the year, say they get hurt and they can't play again. And they can't get that year back. So even if they played, just a couple of games. It came after the second, you know, came in the second half of the year. So that's the big thing here, I think, for a player standpoint is uh, the injury situation. Of course, from a coach's standpoint, it is having depth late in the year when injuries and things like that kind of take a toll on your depth. You send out a little bit. If bowl time comes around or whatnot. This this uh, allows you to just play more guys, uh, you know, late in the year and. And have more depth there
0: if there's a position group on either side of the ball that this benefits more than any do you think there's one specific one like for me I think and you know, looking at the quarterback spots like it feels like this could benefit a lot of schools to keep some guys around a little bit
1: yeah it's certainly a uh, maybe a deterrent um, for players transferring and as we all know I mean pretty sure you don't have to do any math here I mean quarterbacks transfer uh, more than any other uh, position, so I think it could be a deterrent, not not to transfer. Um, so, you know, I think I think that's a possibility. Um, you know, one one as far as other positions, I think like I just mentioned, just the depth. Um, you know, on, on a football team, uh, the front seven, specifically the defensive line, probably need. Uh, more depth than any other because of how you rotate those guys and just what uh, they're called to do on the field, uh, pass rush and, and things like that, fight through blocks and run blocks and whatnot, that you hadn't to have depth there. So I think late in the year, um, this is something where, you know, I think you might see some freshman defensive linemen get time.
0: talking with Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, SI.com. Again, he's got uh, two pieces up right now, one on Christian Fulton uh, and his uh, situation trying to make it on the field at LSU, and then the other one on the latest rule changes coming down from the NCAA. Ross, you're only a couple weeks on the job, my friend, but you're killing it already. Continue the great work at SI, and uh, we'll be catching up with you sooner rather than later. All right,
1: thanks. I appreciate it.
0: All right, thanks, man. Ross Dellinger, there, Sports Illustrated, joining us. Um, obviously, of the Baton Rouge Advocate. Uh, it's funny; a lot of his pieces have been tailored around LSU, but it's mm-hmm. a lot of news uh, on the LSU front. There was Joe Burrow and all that. Now it's Christian Fulton, and, uh, and then he's you know his piece even on the rule change. The name I couldn't remember was Travis Daniels from from LSU. Remember, I, I don't know if for those of y'all who remember back in two thousand one. LSU gets the SEC championship game against Tennessee under Nick Saban, and Randall Blue Gay gets hurt. LSU didn't have any more defensive backs to go to. So Nick Saban has to throw Travis Daniels out there, who was redshirting all year, and Travis Daniels loses an entire year of eligibility because he plays in the SEC championship game. Yeah, it's this is a good under thing. Under this new rule, Travis Daniels gets to good play, to gets a whole nother year. And and, you know, look, he and Corey Webster were a phenomenal duo in in 2003 and 2004 as as a dynamic cornerback duo. But could you imagine 2005 having Travis Daniels come back that year uh, and and having that seasoned cornerback uh, play for the Tigers? It just it would have been a difference maker. And then you think back to think about Miles Brennan. I mean, Miles Brennan played only a handful of games last year. Could you imagine if you could have used last year as a redshirt year for Miles Brennan, and he's got a whole nother year of eligibility? It changes the whole grand scheme of thing, of things. And and I look to this year with Lowell Narcisse. If Joe Burrow and Miles Brenner are going to be the two main pieces, but you can work in Lowell Narcisse into some mop-up duty against Louisiana Tech, against Southeastern, against Rice. You know, maybe if you can keep him to four games, then he gets to. to, Well, you know, I take that back because he used his red shirt last year, but. Uh, just say using that as an example, like you could if this rule had been in a place last year, you could have played Lil little in our four games just yeah. to see what he has. But, you know, he didn't play at all because they wanted to keep that red shirt on him. So it does change things. And and maybe it makes kids a little bit more, you know, they want to get to the league as quickly as possible. But at least you know, maybe this new rule makes them kind of go, OK, well, I, at least I can get some immediate playing time, even if not the starter this year. And it won't hurt me. I'll still have a whole nother year of eligibility. All right, it's uh, the Chris Gordy Show. We'll grab a quick break here. When we come back, we have a potential trade proposed in the NBA. We'll tell you what it is after this. Chris Gordy Show, back after this.